Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Mojo in the corridors of blood. Episode 2. Enter the Devil Doctor. Welcome back to the strange tale of Mojo in the Corridors of Blood. As we continue the adventures of our chimp hero and his sidekick Jones. As you may recall, we last saw Jones and Mojo being dumped by his understandably irate girlfriend, Caramel, while the most foul murder of liberal politician, Benjamin Tom, was carried out by a ruthless chimpanzee assassin. A shadowy figure sits behind a desk in a dark room, lit only by the flickering of a television showing a news report on the assassination of Benjamin Tom. The man looks to be in his late fifties, with greased back slick hair streaked with grey, his face covered in stubble. Wearing glasses and medical garb, he is clearly a doctor of sorts, though in this case, the term is merely a technicality. Valdemar is his name, and he finishes his drink and toasts the television. Good night, my nauseatingly sweet prince, and flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. In hell! <laughs> We are now in a hospital, a morgue, a cold silver room. The walls are covered with anatomy charts and large steel drawers which presumably hold the bodies of the recently dead. In the middle of the room, on a large metal table, lies the corpse of the politician Benjamin Tom. Beside the table is a tray of medical equipment including scalpels and a bone saw. Around the table are several policemen Two nurses in their late twenties, and who are rather identical in an eerie fashion. Dr. Valdemar is holding court in this room of death, dressed in surgical garb. He stops at the head of the table and rubs his stubbled chin. Yes, the death in this case is fairly obvious. A slice, a quick slice, from some sort of straight razor. Would that be correct, detective? Oh yeah, it was. Quite, quite. The incision started here. One of the nurses, Bobby, points to one side of Benjamin Tom's throat. She smiles at the policeman like a game show hostess. And finished here. Sherry, the other nurse, points to the other side of the cut. She too grins. Death came swiftly, and he was too surprised to suffer. Or so I would imagine. Valdemar places his hands on either side of Benjamin Tom's head, looking the corpse in the eyes. Although, of course, one can never be quite sure. <coughs> well, I believe this is everything, gentlemen, an open and shut case, as you 5-0 might say. Uh, yeah, the thing is, Doc, the guy who did this... Yes? Well, well, that's just it, Doc. You see, he... You're going to fucking laugh at me, but I swear, he wasn't a guy at all. It looked like a monkey, all dressed up. <laughs> Shut up! How about it, Doc? Am I crazy? Or could this have been done by a monkey? Mm. The concept, although ridiculous, is not impossible. Chimpanzees are known to be aggressive. And of course, they are not naturally, politically inclined. You mean someone could have trained this guy? 
<laughs> that would be unlikely, most unlikely. To train a chimpanzee for such a complex task would take years of conditioning and lessons and violence, possibly with the use of, say, electric shocks. To even conceive of such a feat would take genius. <laughs> More like a madman. But thanks, Doc. We'll, we'll be in touch. The policeman exit the room, leaving Valdemar with Bobby and Sherry. All right, girls, tidy up this mess and show our friend here to his new quarters. Soon afterwards, Valdemar strides through the hospital corridors, heading for his office. He looks around briefly before opening the door and slipping inside. The walls are covered with bookcases, filled with a variety of medical textbooks, along with a few volumes on less traditional subjects, such as black magic, basic metallurgy, and artistic nude photography. Valdemar sits down behind his desk, which is covered with papers, and a skull is being used as a pencil holder. From one of his drawers, he pulls out a glass and a bottle of moderately priced, blended Scottish whiskey. Deciding that he deserves a little treat for the various indignities he has suffered through the course of what had been a tense and troubling day, he pours himself several fingers in the amber liquid. Panicking, Valdemar throws down his drink in one gulp. <coughs> Valdemar tries to regain his composure, grabbing a book and pretending to read it. Come! <coughs> Come in! The door opens and Nurse Bobby enters. Valdemar's eyes are tearing, whiskey on his chin. Not quite able to speak, he waves at her and nods. Sir, we've moved the body into the bridge. Good, <coughs> good, good. Uh, what time is the family coming for the viewing? At around three, sir. Mm. Have someone tidy the room up and make him look presentable. Peaceful, if you can. Will you be meeting the family, sir? No, no, I, I have no stomach for tears. You can do it, my dear. Bad news is always more palatable when coming from a pretty mouth like yours. If you say so, sir. Did you hear about the man who died here last night? No, I did not. How how bizarre. Quinting Doyle. Patient of yours, I think, sir. They found him dead in his room. All got to pieces. And look as though parts of him had been eaten. Doyle, eh? Well, that's probably for the best. No doubt the police will solve this heinous crime and bring the perpetrator to justice. I hope so. Just seeing that poor man... She shivers, hugging herself. I'd better get on with my rounds. I'll let you know how it goes with the family. Valdemar waves her away. Bobby turns to leave and Valdemar watches her ass. Nurse Bobby? Yes, sir. Bobby turns around. Valdemar raises his eyes from her body. See that I'm not disturbed. I have some very important business to attend to. Bobby exits. Suddenly, a small red light deep within the eye socket of the skull on the desk begins to flash urgently. The good doctor stands up, walks to the door, and peers outside cautiously, checking that no one is watching. Satisfied, he returns to his desk and leans down and flicks an unseen switch. A hidden door swings open from one of the walls. Valdemar heads into the darkness beyond, and the door swings shut behind him. 
We are now in the secret lab of Valdemar, deep beneath the hospital. A large, cavernous room, poorly lit. Shadows dancing in the corners. This is obviously a base of operations, where much dark scheming is done. The walls covered with blueprints, occult symbols, plans. A hidden door opens in the wall, and Valdemar enters, looking around. He sits down behind a large desk, though is disturbed by moans from a dark corner. He flips a switch, illuminating a large cage. Iron bars that stand ten feet tall, filled with a gang of twenty or so ragged, blood-splattered figures, who could generically be described as ghouls or zombies, clad in the white robes of hospital patients, torn and stained with blood and other less mentionable fluids. Their eyes are vacant and their complexions cadaverous, the scars of extreme surgery on their shaved heads. As Valdemar approaches, the moans turn to strange, ape-like noises, and a few of them reach for him through the bars. And how are you today, my wretched children? Valdemar wags a finger at them mockingly. Well, if you don't keep quiet, I can assure you things will get considerably worse. He spies on the ground a name tag with Slim Jim written on it. Slim Jim? My old friend, was it you who did for the revolting Mr. Doyle? In the cage... A large figure cowers and whimpers. Valdemar kicks the bars angrily. Slim Jim! Slim Jim! How many times must I tell you? No television for you tonight! Sojo? Is that you? What's wrong? Suddenly, a small hidden door opens and a chimp falls out, dressed in children's clothes and covered with blood. It is none other than the chimp who assassinated Benjamin Tom. Grojo! My god! Valdemar rushes over, gathers the stricken Grojo in his arms, and lays him on the operating table. He checks the chimp and sees the bullet wound. Poor Grojo! Does it hurt? Grojo nods weakly. <laughs> Valdemar flies into a rage! Thumping his hand on the table, causing the chimp to howl with pain. Silence, you bungling fool! Yes, I know he is dead, and you did as you were told, but look at you! What am I to do for the next assassination, you miserable monkey? Have you no respect for my schedule? Rojo covers his eyes with a shaking paw. After your undignified display, the security for his visit will be doubled! If not tripled! <laughs> yes, I'm afraid you are quite useless to me now, you flea-bitten imbecile. You can barely lift yourself from this table. How can I expect you to hold a weapon? To kill! Valdemar strokes his chin, considering his options. But where am I to find another chimpanzee at this hour? Answer me that! <laughs> Valdemar pushes Grojo back onto the table. I said shut up! No, no, Grojo. You must pay for your supreme incompetence. Grojo waves his paws in the air, howling. Let you go? Come, Grojo. Don't be absurd. Where would you go? Back to the science lab? Grojo tries to break free. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Grojo. I know that you won't talk. Valdemar turns and shouts to someone off screen. Sojo! A sinister shadow appears on the wall. 
and Grojo's face contorts with terror. Sojo shuffles into view, and he is an evil sight indeed. Another chimp, clad in a white tuxedo and sporting a red fez hat. He carries a one-shot Derringer pistol, and though he, he is grinning, there is something very unsettling about his appearance as he approaches Grojo, who struggles in a desperate, futile panic. And so, we return to our friends Jones and Mojo, who are in Jones's car as they drive to the hospital. It's an average car, with empty cans and rubbish littering the interior, and good tunes on the stereo. Jones drives, with Mojo in the passenger seat, seeming quite excited by the journey, jumping around and screeching. <laughs> hey, Jesus, Mojo, calm down, eh? Do you want to get pulled over with the cops again? Mojo sits down and pulls on his seatbelt. Aye, aye, well, you'd, uh, aye, you'd better win your best behaviour. <laughs> Mighty Joe Young crap. It's bad enough you put Frank in a hospital, eh? Without fucking embarrassing him. Embarrassing the poor guy in front of them nurses. Aye, 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 very funny. You don't be looking so pleased with yourself. You were the one who got bedpan and piss tipped over you. <laughs> aye, seriously though. Look, we've got to make it up to Frank, eh? Have you got the presents? Mojo takes off his belt and hops into the back seat. He rummages around, throwing things over his shoulder. Jones reaches around to see what Mojo is doing, causing the car to swerve. Damn it, Mojo, get back in your seat! Mojo jumps back into his seat and belts up. In his arms are the gifts, such as they are. Aye, good, good. Uh, that's more like it now. You got the flowers? Mojo brandishes a mangy bunch of wrecked flowers that have quite obviously been chewed on. Ah, Mojo, you ate the flowers, man. How could you? But, okay, you got the magazines? Mojo fishes out a couple of stroke books, which look very well read and suspiciously stained. What? What the hell? The pages are all stuck together. Frank's not going to want these after you've had your filthy fun with them. Jones takes a swipe at Mojo, who screeches. <laughs> and he holds up a little cake tin. Inside are some big, tasty-looking biscuits. Ah, okay, okay, well, at least we get the space biscuits, huh? You put in enough weed, I. Mojo grins and nods. The car pulls up at a set of traffic lights. Look, don't worry, look, just to finish off your disguise, I've got an old wheelchair and a blanket in the back. I'll push you around, just in case they see that gimpy walk of yours, eh? Jones picks up a carrier bag from the floor and gives it to Mojo, who hesitates. What? You don't want to be pushed around? Treat like a princess? Mojo pulls some clothes out of the bag and takes a quick look at them. Hi, <laughs> hi, look, look, it's either that or the sack, huh? Back in Valdemar's secret lab, Sojo is dragging away the corpse of Grojo. Judging by the wounds on the poor chimp's body, he was badly beaten before being put out of his misery. Valdemar is pacing, seeming very stressed out. Thank you, Sojo. That fool has failed me for the last time. Valdemar breaks briefly from his pacing to kick at Grojo's corpse. Throw him in the furnace. Though he could not further our cause, perhaps he can at least help to keep us warm. Sojo drags the corpse out of view while Valdemar continues to pace. But what are we to do? We have three assassinations this week. Three! And I am all out of murderers! <laughs> 
Yes, the same Quentin Doyle who was murdered last night. By one of our ghouls, no less. Sojo seems genuinely concerned and surprised. He looks up at Valdemar quizzically. As it appears that Slim Jim somehow managed to thwart both the confines of the cage and your own doubtlessly keen attentions, and he visited the hospital for a midnight snack. This backhanded slur on Sojo's professionalism does not go unnoticed, and he glowers. <laughs> of course, of course, the death of Doyle is neither here nor there in the grand scheme of things. And the thought of that rascal Slim Jim roaming free is of little more than passing regalements. <laughs> no, 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 old friend, thank you, though. I do not think your particular brand of overkill would be appropriate. Though your enthusiasm is duly noted. What we need here is a strike of surgical deviousness. Valdemar begins to pace again, thinking out loud, ticking off options on his fingers. Hmm, the science labs are out. We have pushed our luck there one time too many to blame another raid on animal activists. Not the zoo, either. Our contact there is cooling his heels in jail after his, uh, his perverted assault on that poor orang Utang. <coughs> the super creature? Ah, if we unleash him prematurely, he would be uncontrollable. We have been hired to carry out a series of hits, not to incite mere chaos. Valdemar stops. A look of triumph on his face. He points at Sojo. Sojo, I have it. Quick, fetch me a prostitute. Sojo claps and chatters. <laughs> Take some money from the petty cash and hurry. I must fulfill my needs if I want to think our way out of this tricky situation. As Sojo makes to leave, a big TV screen on the wall bursts into life. A dark figure looms. Valdemar shudders. Although we can't see anything other than a large, dark silhouette, there is something horrible and menacing about the figure on the screen. Enough of your inane babbling. How goes my evil scheme? The assassination of the nauseating Benjamin Tom was a complete success, Master. Have a care, groveling fool. Though you possess some rudimentary skills as a scientist, as a liar, you are lackluster at best. Valdemar steps towards the screen, hands held out, begging for mercy. He died, I swear it. However, there were, there were complications. The assassin, Grojo, was careless, and it was necessary to remove him from our schemes. I trust you have a suitable replacement. Of course. Even as we speak, another finely tuned killing machine is being readied. I hope so, Doctor. For your sakes. If the grotesque Bill Williams does not die on schedule, we'll see how you indulge your so-called genius from the comfort of a padded cell. But why, Master? Why is the killing of politicians so important when we could bring the entire nation to its knees? Let us simply say that there is a certain candidate I would see victorious in the upcoming national election, one who fits well into my grand schemes. An election? All this effort to rig a tawdry election? Hold your tongue, degenerate doctor. These politicians must die before the election, a date that you will not live to see should you prove my confidence in you to be ill-founded. I'll do everything you ask, Master, I promise, I promise, but these, these chimps, they are weak. 
They are clumsy. At this, the dark figure grows in stature, fueled by rage. How dare you blame these chimps for your lack of vision? Have I not provided you with adequate facilities? The means to pursue your pointless dreams? Yes, yes, a thousand apologies. I did not mean to question you. Mercy! <coughs> Improve your efforts, or I will put that skulking chimp in charge. Sojo looks sly, and Valdemar scowls at the usurper chimp. Fail me and die, Valdemar! The dark figure starts to spin faster and faster before disappearing in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> Valdemar swipes at Sojo's head, knocking off his fez hat, revealing that Sojo is a bald chimp. What are you laughing at, you cretin? If we don't find another chimp soon, our collective geese will be truly cooked. He strokes his chin. Now, about that prostitute. Only a degenerate fiend like the classless Valdemar would think of hiring a lady of the night at a juncture like this. Unbelievable. Well, the pressure is on, and it is only too, too clear that this dark and mysterious and indeed evil master will not accept the failure which sadly seems rather likely, despite having the fierce Sojo at his side. What's a mad scientist to do? And will Mojo and Jones ever reach the hospital? All will be revealed, and more, in the next thrilling installment of Mojo in the Corridors of Blood. Whiskey Bikini. 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 Mojo in the Corridors of Blood. <laughs>